0: My name is Dustin Elliott and welcome back to another episode of the Better Questions Better Life podcast, formerly known as the Y2 Podcast. Each week, I try and answer a simple but important question. How can we ask better questions to live better lives? To do that, I bring you dedicated episodes where I break this question down into bite-sized, thought-provoking and tactical episodes designed to help you ask better questions pulled from industry experts, science, as well as my own observations and learnings. I also find and interview a range of industry-leading professionals who all depend on asking good questions in order to achieve their work. So, uh, from police detectives, journalists, scientists, medical professionals, and many more to glean the lessons and techniques they use to successfully do their jobs and help you ask better questions. Of course, as always, I want to take a quick minute and thank the Y the rather the Better Questions Better Life Podcast, formerly the YT Podcast, uh, sponsor YZ. YZ is an easy-to-use online training software that makes it so simple to create and deliver online learning. It does a whole heap of stuff, very flexible, and you can use it to automate a whole range of tasks in your business, from managing all your employee training, train customers and partners in your pro- products, track licenses and qualifications of your staff, create and sell online courses, capture more leads with free online. courses and so much more so if you haven't already make sure you check out their website yz.com that's d.com to check out some videos and even get started with your own 14-day free trial as always if you like today's episode and you haven't done so already please make sure you subscribe to the better questions better life podcast wherever you find your podcasts and again we'd love 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 if you can leave us a five-star review if you haven't already of course, the conversation doesn't just end here on the podcast. You can follow along on the, all the socials for lots of other additional great content, some, uh, some new marketing and campaign materials coming out very soon. All again, focused on helping you ask better questions every day. You can find us on our Facebook page, Instagram at Better Questions, Better Life. And obviously you can follow on the social media with the hashtag BQBL. And with that being said, we are going to get right into today. Before I get into today's topic though, I want to take a couple steps back. we have got a lot of new uh, listeners on the podcast here, people who have uh, picked up from all walks of the internet who have seen us through uh, wonderful word of mouth and all the other ways you hear about the podcast, so hello to everybody that's new. I've uh, had two interesting conversations over the last week since last week's episode aired where they, they asked a really obvious question and it was to ask, why are we talking about biases? Um, obviously, we're only a couple episodes still into the uh, to the uh, Better Questions, Better Life podcast, and they wanted to know of all the things that we can talk about when it comes to asking better questions, why did we start with biases? During one of the conversations, I actually thought of a really good analogy, and it seemed to have done the trick, so I thought I would use it here as well, and hopefully it makes sense. Let, let me know if this analogy uh, sticks for you, if it hits the point. But at the moment I am training for a half marathon coming up whole another story there That's not the that's not the the story here But the story is is that if we look at asking questions like training for a marathon a lot of the times when we think about training for a Marathon you're really focused or you think about just the number of kilometers and miles you're putting on in a week and then amount of time you're just out there hitting the pavement but the reality is like anything that we learn in our lives, the actual activity really doesn't represent 100% of everything you knew, if you need, you need to do rather, to be a good in this case runner or whatever else you are trying to learn and grow and, and be good at. Um, in fact, quite often the activity we see is actually very rarely uh, uh, much of anything when we look at all the things we need, need to do to be good at that. So to use, again, the running analogy, uh, to be a good runner and to hit those um, half marathons without being a complete wreck, which is hopefully my goal, uh, it's also about stretching. It's about nutrition. It's about knowing what shoes do you have to buy? What type of exercises do you need to do to help strengthen you? Knowing how to help you recover, how to put the best structured plan together to achieve your goals uh, effectively and safely. Um, And if we then look at why we're talking about bias Um, I really do believe that biases are one of the key components, one of the most important things when we come and we look at how to ask better questions to live better lives. And if we break the process of asking uh, during a conversation and asking questions, in my mind there's sort of four parts and we'll see where these biases can permeate each of those. So the first part is you thinking about and actually asking a question. The second part is the other person hearing it, uh, interpreting that information and understanding the question and the information you've provided. The third is them responding back to that question. And the fourth part is then you, the original question asker, then hearing, interpreting and recalling that information. And that loop goes around and around and around in conversations. So we break that down, the The brain is going to be critical in the uh, in the understanding the information, taking the information in, and recalling it, and synthesizing it, and then formulating a new question. So biases, as we look at them, it's really just us looking at the hardwiring of the brain. So we can both understand the hardwiring of ourselves, but also really important we want to be thinking about the hardwiring of other people. It's really, really critical that we take other people and their biases into consideration. So if maybe somebody's a little snappy with us, their question, uh, we can again be aware of our own biases and maybe look to reframe the conversation in a particular light to, to get the most out of it. Um, obviously we only have a couple more biases to go through there's obviously a ton of them uh, and obviously we'll we'll probably come back and revisit biases at some point Uh, but we only have a few more to go through and then we're going to we're going to get on to the next concept and we're going to continue obviously to build in more advanced topics but again I didn't want to get too far ahead of ourselves without again shoring up that foundation and really again understanding our lenses and filters of our biases so with that being said, let's switch gears. I think that was a sentence in there. Let's switch gears uh, to, to talk about today's bias. And this one is, to me, really deeply personal. It's something I've been aware of. I knew long, long, long before uh, before uh, I started researching and preparing for today's episode. Um, and it's one I think that is, I mean, they're all really important, but I think this one has a lot of, uh, a lot of ability to help us in a variety of ways, not just with asking questions, but really in our lives. And today we're going to be talking about the self-serving bias. So as always, let's start off by talking about what is the self-serving bias. And I'm just going to read here off uh, the definition. So quote, a self-serving bias is any cognitive or perceptual process that is distorted by the need to maintain and enhance self-esteem or the tendency to perceive oneself in an overly favorable manner. It is the belief that individuals tend to ascribe success to their own abilities and efforts, but ascribe, hopefully I pronounced that right, failure to external factors. When individuals reject the validity of negative feedback, focus on their strengths and achievements, but overlook their faults and failures, or maybe take more responsibility for their group's work than they give maybe to their members, and they are essentially protecting their ego from threat or injury. So, end quote. So basically what this means, and we've all seen it and we've all been guilty of it, is quite often the self-serving bias is going to uh, push external blame for when things don't go our way. So if you don't get the promotion or you don't get the test score, generally attribute that to uh, other things, other outside factors. So our boss is a a jerk or the test uh, wasn't written very well. But when we attribute success, well then, or when we achieve success will then attribute that to our personal characteristics but really the core of this and something i'll talk more about is that the self-serving bias is essentially really just looking to protect our ego and self-esteem and anything that might impact it now just as a interesting side note and maybe this is more of just a reflection of my own thought process uh i was going through we'd previously discussed the confirmation bias so the difference between confirmation bias and the self-serving bias is confirmation is really when you are validating a predetermined belief. So, you know, such as, you know, left-handed people are more creative than right-handed people. But the self-serving bias, again, is really pushing uh, any any negativity, any, any failure. Externalities and any success to um, our own abilities, our own personal characteristics. So, just something again, I was uh, really interested in. I was was part of my own thought process when I was researching this. The next question, though, is as always, why should we care? And I'm really happy you asked that. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to do my best to not get too soapboxy or ranty, too much like a parent who loves you very, very much. But This bias is going to cause errors and and misattributions, right? And the problem is, and and this is why it's really important to me and something I've been thinking about for a long time, is quite often the self-serving bias, like many of the biases, feeds into itself. It's a feedback cycle that's going to inevitably reinforce itself. So in the past, you might have got that promotion because you worked really hard, but now you can't because obviously your boss is a jerk. As an example, neither may be true, but they again begin to perpetuate the same thing. And quite often, and again, we probably know people that are like this, uh, they get stuck looking retrospectively back and essentially they don't change. They don't adapt because of the self-serving bias is protecting their ego and their self-esteem and unfortunately doesn't allow us uh, to take that information in and change. And It's really interesting because I know that in the short term, it can feel really good. The self-serving bias plays a good part, it protects us. It doesn't necessarily allow us to feel that pain because we can just say, look, you know, that test was really poorly written um, or that person was just not a very nice person, right? It's not us, it's them or it's something else. And again, in the short term, it soothes us, it makes us feel really good, But here's the thing, that in the long term, this is extraordinarily detrimental to our ability to intake that information. How do you learn, right? You learn through feedback, criticism, uh, or perhaps looking at conflicting information, all of which the self-serving bias is trying to steer away. I mean, nobody's good at anything. It all takes a lot of practice, a lot of hard work, a lot of failure in order to do that. But the self-serving bias, again, is going to stop us from being open to all that information and again it's i try not to get too soapboxy but this can go on for years and years and you can end up getting stuck in this constant loop of not getting better thus feeding again that self-serving bias and validating it and so on and so forth and obviously again we end up just wallowing in the state of constant mediocrity and as we get to this stage, and something I want to stress, and something we'll talk more about in future episodes, uh, this isn't just about feedback, criticism, or conflicting information from other people, but it's also about ourselves. It's about us being able to ask, our own, uh, ask for our own feedback, or give ourselves criticism, um, or be able to look at that conflicting information, but coming from ourselves, originating from ourselves. I, uh, I can't remember where I read it, um, this is quite a while ago now, um, I, if I do find it, I will post it on the social media as I continue to look for it, or if you recognize where this information comes from, then please uh, let me know, and I, I really, really want to post it because there's a really good uh, article or book. But but the, the gist of it was essentially talking about that people that are high achievers, do this by becoming their, by becoming their own coaches. Um, obviously, many of us can't and don't have our own personal executive coach or life coach following us around 24-7, helping us to give the feedback. We need to be able to cultivate the ability to manage the self-serving bias in order to effectively become our own coach. And by becoming your own personal coach and by being able to remove yourself from that situation and give yourself honest feedback about those situations, and we'll We'll talk a lot more about this in depth and uh, more particular strategies, questions you can use to try to get there. But, um, but by being able to do this, you can essentially, you know, give yourself that ego-destroying feedback and criticism and uh, information. That way, you can obviously change. I mean, one thing that's really interesting, and when I chat with people about questions and about, um, you know, them not knowing what the right thing to do in life is, is that i frequently ask it's like what advice would you give you what advice would a friend give you or what advice would you give your friend who is exactly like you it allows us to essentially create that third party because more often than not we we know what we need to do but again it's self-serving bias is trying to or amongst any of the biases is trying to keep us safe and it's trying to stop us from changing now you might have noticed that So far, we haven't talked anything about questions, right? I've talked about feedback and criticism and information, but we haven't really talked about questions. It's mostly been about how to absorb and take in information, but this does lead me to the last section of today's podcast, and that's, well, what do we do about this? The first thing, and I've said this pretty much over all of the biases, and again, I can't stress how important it is, is to firstly observe yourself doing it. To become aware of when these biases are coming at play. And I, I, for myself, as I mentioned in a previous episode, um, I think a lot of the time this sort of situation affects us in a visceral manner. It's sort of, for me at least, it kind of makes me kind of sick or upset if I see contrary information or if I feel that that self-serving bias amongst other biases is coming up. So being able to cultivate that awareness is really, really important. The next thing you need to do, and again, this is super important, I think, just with anything, not even just about being better at asking questions, but just being, I think, a better, more complete, happy human being, is to learn to value failure and accountability. Um, One of my favorite books, if you need a little bit more information on this, and I really encourage it, and you want just a a jumpstart in your life, is uh, to read a book by, by a guy by the name of Jocko Willink called Extreme Ownership. Uh, bonus points for the audiobook because he narrates it and he's an ex he's an ex-navy seal so the dude is bloody intense but obviously the core of it is to really accept uh responsibility and move forward from that and and obviously dwelling on the past causes us again to reinforce that self-serving bias so by catching that that um, By taking that total ownership, that extreme ownership, it it forces us to break that cycle. There is no avenue to feed into that bias, to give into that bias. Um, Another really good book on this, I read this ages ago, but it's a timeless book, uh, and it's called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. And there's a lot more thinking around um, this idea of ego. So as, uh, for anybody listening that has some good recommendations on this as well, uh, again, feel free to reach out to me on social media. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your uh, any other resources you have around this sort of ego. But from that, there is some questions that you can ask yourself to help provide your own guidance on this or to help sort of shake that self-serving bias. Again, we're going to go into a lot more detail with this. This is sort of just some quick information or sort of get the ball rolling. But a few questions I think are very, very valuable to help you start to shake the self-serving bias is firstly, you can ask yourself uh, something to the effect of what else, no matter how small, could I have done to increase my chances of achieving X? So if you know, achieve something, uh, and again, before you push it off and say, well, you know, so-and-so or this thing or this situation, uh, really just trying to, to bring up back to what could you have done? The next question you can ask is looking more at the long-term goals. So you can ask yourself, again, something to the effect of, you know, how will this feedback serve me in achieving my, my long-term goals? The next question you might be able to ask is, you know, what experience, insight might this person have that I don't have and is the reason they said X? Um, so this is, I think, is a really interesting question because uh, quite often we get feedback from people who are very experienced, who have maybe we look up to in this particular area, and maybe runs contrary to how we are or how we're our current ability to do something. Um, but being able to maybe just cast yourself into the lens of what they have, the insight as to what they have can be really, really uh, powerful to to maybe just to acknowledge that maybe this other person has a lot more experience and they're not saying it to maybe be an a-hole, they just obviously see that you're trying to achieve something and they might have that uh, that, that that hindsight of the experience or just a lot more time to be able to add to your abilities. The last question here, um, and again, we'll go through a lot of these questions in the future, but the last question is uh, asking yourself about how does this person's feedback stack up against other feedback or information I have also received recently? So, with anything in life, including this podcast, I think it's a matter of of taking what you need, comparing that against other people, and discarding what doesn't serve you. So, if you are consistently getting the same bit of feedback, then, you know, a little bit more food for thought there, or maybe if you get a ton of really positive feedback and one bit of negative feedback, then maybe, again, it has a particular context to that information. Uh. The last thing I want to really just talk about here in terms of strategies you can employ to manage self-serving bias, uh, and if you haven't already, I really encourage you to check out last week's guest, uh, David Walker, because he takes us through uh, a, a specific technique on how he helps clients remove them from their selves, the situation, and be open to these sort of things, so how to disarm that self-serving bias, so really, really interesting, and maybe not even just for yourself, but maybe just as a tool that you can use when you have discussions with other people who again are going to be like us you and I inflicted by this bias. Uh, David also talks about mindfulness uh, and future guests are going to go through this in a lot more detail as well but mindfulness effectively gives you a gap in your thinking which allows you to be more open and less reactive to this type of information so and somebody Maybe gives you, again, that feedback or that criticism or you don't pass the test, the gap that meditation gives you is that ability to to take a second to think about what maybe went wrong or what exactly happened there. And couple that with the extreme ownership, it gives you the gap the ability to to take that ownership before what is, I think, a natural reaction for people. And that's to push it off to to, again, that self-serving bias is going to push it to somebody else. So really, really important, um, I think, around mindfulness. So, lastly, a little bit of homework for you, as always. It doesn't just end here. It's not just about. I really hope it's not just a 25-minute podcast and that's it. You think about. I really want these things to stick. If you're again, you're committed to asking better questions to live a better life. So, a little bit of homework. I promise this isn't much. It never is. Just little things you can do day in, day day in, and day out to improve. And the first one, again, is, as always, is to be cultivating those bias, sorry, cultivating awareness rather of the bias. Don't cultivate the bias. The bias is bad. But cultivating your awareness of it. Um, be, Be mindful when you think it might be coming into play and use these situations in the next week or so to take accountability for your actions. I don't care what happens. Take accountability for it. Find something to be accountable for. Even if it's one thing, be accountable. And again, uh, more around this idea. Check out Jocko Willing's book, Extreme Ownership. You'll get a lot more information. Again, a huge amount of inspiration on this topic as well. So that being said, we only have a few more biases to go through. Um, I'm going to leave it here for today. Make sure you subscribe again to the podcast. We've got a wonderful guest uh, interview coming up later this week. And uh, as always, you can check us out on the social media. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on socials where you're going to have a lot of other information. And we will uh, continue this conversation there. But with that being said, I'll leave it out there for today. Thanks so much for joining me. And again, I'll speak to you soon. Hey everyone, thank you so much again for listening to today's episode. Just remember, if you want to join in on the conversation, make sure you jump over to the social media handles. You're going to find us at Better Questions, Better Life on Facebook, Instagram, BQ, BQBL underscore on the Twitter. Of course, you can make sure you jump into the hashtag BQBL. Of course, you can check out our website at betterquestionsbetterlife.co and I obviously I want to take a quick minute again and thank our sponsor, YZ. Make sure you get started with your own 14-day free trial at yz.com that's w-y-z-e-d.com with that being said speak to you next time